and welcome to the Wired BioHealth Podcast. My name is Jacqueline Hall, and I am here with your host, Dr. Evelyn Higgins. Hey, Jackie. Great to be with you. So I am very excited for today's guest. Um, he is going to talk to us about faith and mental health, mm, something that I think is void of a lot of conversation, especially this day and age of behavioral health. So without further ado, we have Anthony Akampora. He is the National Director of Faith-Based Services and Chaplain for Banyan Treatment Centers. They are a uh, nationally very well-recognized um, treatment center group. He holds a master's degree in ministry as well as a master's diploma in biblical studies. Anthony's also a published author of three faith-based books, a national speaker and writer for uh, many articles and published international magazines. Um, he's a guy that not only walks the walk, but he talks the talk. So he was awarded Professional of the Year by Broward National Recovery. Uh, in 2018, he was selected as a global goodwill ambassador representing the United States. Um, he was also with the National Alliance of Mental Illness in 2015. Broward County actually awarded him the Volunteer Recognition Award. And in 2014, he was awarded the Public Citizen of the Year by the National wow. Association of Social Workers of Broward County. Wow. So I'm we very are, excited. We are very, very lucky to have you on here, Anthony. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sure. So your role at Banyan is so unique. Um, very few treatment centers, there's over 14,000 in the United States, and very few of them have a designation for a faith-based services chaplain. So kind of tell me and tell us about how you found that niche role. Yeah, it's a great question. I think when I first ended up in this industry, um, it was around 2014. I was with a place called The Recovery Place. It's part of Elements Behavioral Health. And there was quite a few of these types of uh, programs. There's a treatment center was a big one, transformations. Um, I think what happens with this is uh, there's such a need, first of all. I don't think people realize the need and how many people really are into this and want this as part of their treatment. I used to host a radio show and I had Dr. David Rosemarin on. Um, and this was back in 2018, and he's a Harvard professor, and he heads up the spirituality uh, at McLean Hospital at Harvard. Mm -hmm. And um, he, they did a study, uh, and it came back with it was 58% of people that were going there wanted some type of spirituality or faith programming integrated into their, their treatment. And, um, and that's one of the top, you know, psychiatric hospitals in the, in the country, also right. a lot of abuse. So I don't think that people realize the need. I think what else happens is when they do get calls for faith type programming, they really don't have it or know really how to do it. So they just don't want to keep referring people out. So then they're like, I've seen this happen. Well, let's get some Bibles in here. Let's get these guys to church. Yeah, we have a faith program because they don't want to keep turning people away that right. are asking about it. And then it's more like a track and and it doesn't always work out too well. So I always look at it as like, God's not gonna be mocked. So the way we have to do this has to honor him. We don't force it down people's throats. It's not aggressive. It's not a Bible thumping type program, but we don't compromise biblical principles. And I think that's why it's been successful because we're honoring God rather than just trying to fill beds. Wow, that's really impressive. How often do you see someone who comes in saying, you know, I don't need this at all, and then winds up in the program and really walking away with yeah. so much? 
that's such a good point because it happens all the time. Right. Unless they're specifically coming for this program, like they saw it online or they heard about it, which is probably about 25%, maybe 30. Most of them are just coming to Mannion. Um, they didn't even know we had a faith program. And then it's one of the two options. There's a mindfulness program that's more clinical for substance here. And then there's the faith program. So nine times out of 10, they're going to say, I want nothing to do with the faith program. And then a couple of days later, they hear about it. They may come up to like a devotional group or whatever, or a guest speaker, or their roommate tells them about it. And then they kind of gravitate towards it. And then they ended up, they end up coming in and doing phenomenal. A lot of times it's the one that ones that really weren't into this at right. all. Those are the ones that just excel oftentimes. And I, and I love that because they they realize that there's value to this and they realize they need to restore their relationship with God. And, you know, they've been operating outside of his will and they realize he still loves them and still has a plan for them and still has a purpose for all of their pain. So it's just an amazing thing to see. It plays out over and over and over. Genuine transformations of the heart with, with these clients in here. And isn't it kind of just true to life as global life, the big picture of when we start seeing meaning in life and we start seeing what our purpose is in life, then we can expand our mind to the bigger picture of everything of why we're here. It's probably the same exact thing that happens with your clients as they do the transformation. Absolutely. I always say it's not, it's not a Bible thing, but it's, we live our life forward. We understand it looking backward. Like mm -hmm. I went through seven years of absolute misery. It started with resentment and unforgiveness from, from a situation, and it led into not sleeping for about a month and a half, which led into major anxiety, depression, and then addiction to gambling, alcohol. Um, it was a nightmare, but it really, it was, I was trying to numb pain. And, and right. that's basically what we do oftentimes right. as humans. We're trying to gain pleasure or, or avoid pain. And what happens is it gets so painful and we end up finally getting to the point where, okay, I need help. And so all I really do is now, again, we live our life forward. We understand the looking backward. It made no sense those seven years. And I blame God a lot. And I blamed everybody else around me, including myself. Right. And it was just a miserable existence. So I was trying to escape reality. And that's why I would sit at blackjack tables for 10, 12, 14 hours um drinking the whole time because i was as soon as i left that table blackjack table i had to go back to reality right. which was misery so right. so at all costs it wasn't the money it wasn't having fun hanging out with friends it was escaping reality and that's basically the essence of addiction so now all i do is pull from pain i write yeah. books i write articles for different magazines and it's primarily just pulling from all of those horrible situations that people cause me and i cause myself Right. And you get to share that to help someone else. And you, you, you described it perfectly that we talk, Jackie and I talk about on the show all the time that you're not healthy one day and addicted the next or sick the next. It's all the living that you do in between that gets you to either end of that spectrum. And you were trying to self-medicate and found gambling made you feel good while you were in that moment until you didn't feel good. Yeah, it was a major, you know, I used to, after I finally started getting past it, I used to drive to my sister's and I'd find myself on the same road going right towards the casino. This was like six months, a year later. 
So I wasn't gambling anymore and everything, but I was putting myself in bad positions, right? They say, don't stumble on something behind you. Why am I on that road getting triggered the entire way? I went up and down that road thousands of times. And what I realized was the reason I was going that way was because I really wanted to go back to the casino. I was hoping maybe I'll get a bad you know, news or something, or maybe I'll have. So that's what happens a lot of times. We end up putting ourselves in positions to fail. Right. And so now I don't go that way anymore and I don't get triggered the whole time and I don't start to get flashbacks of going in there and that type of thing. So you have to be smart about this. A lot of it has to do with who you're surrounded with and sure. what you're doing, you know, and if, if you're just isolated and all you're thinking about is you're missing out on life and all the fun that your friends are having, drinking and gambling and whatever, you're going to miss it. You're probably going to end up going back to it. So you have to replace those things, not just eliminate them. Right. We talk about, you know, you, you become the five people that you spend the most amount of time with in your life. And, and you have to look at your buddies and say, are you who I want to become? And if not, boom, that's up to you. Yeah, that's exactly right. What percentage of the people that you work with, Anthony, are coming into their faith for the first time? Or are they simply returning to faith as a result of this new life they're trying to lead? Great question. I think that you know, again, probably the ones that are actually coming for the program, maybe 25, 30%. Sometimes it's not even really them. It's their grandmother or their parents that really want them to do this. But as far as coming to faith and really deepening their relationship with God, and we do baptisms every five weeks here, or they start to go to celebrate recovery. They, I would say probably um, about 80 or so percent because a lot of them are ones that aren't here for the program. Um, and so, but they really, really get engaged and connected with this. And the other piece of it is the fellowship and connection and the community, right. because like I said, we're going, to, we're going to church on Sunday at Calvary Chapel, not far from here. They do our baptisms. They're going to celebrate recovery. They're going to these barbecues and things. So they already have our clients a built-in support system that they want to continue on with which is so much different than going back to wherever, North Dakota or somewhere and saying, yeah, I'm gonna find the Celebrate Recovery, I'm gonna find the church. They have the right intention, but they probably aren't going to. And then they ultimately go back with the same people and relapse. So that's a big part of it, that community and that connection is huge. We talked sure. about it this morning in our devotional group. It's a huge thing. So I would say it's a high percentage because again, a lot of them are don't even know this is here. And then they're like, hey, I've been in nine treatments. Let me try something different. Right. And then they have the same value system. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, they, and, and they realize they have value. That's, <laughs> that's so key because they're so beaten down by yep. life and the stigma and their own thoughts that they realize, well, like I said, God still loves them in spite of all the things that they've been doing. Right. They still have the plan for them and a purpose. And that's when they really start to have a glimmer of hope. Because they come in pretty hopeless, as, as you guys know. Yep. Yeah, and I love what you guys do because Wired Biohealth, we focus on that biological piece of recovery and mental health optimization. But you can't ignore the really important psychological and social pieces, which is what that spiritual void is trying to figure out. How do I feel better in these areas? And it can be filling it with people, places, things that in that moment feel better, right. but aren't going to help you with your ultimate goal of that self-worth, that value, that... Mm addiction robs people of. Right. And that's all the layers that have to be worked through. It's not a, you know, if we're talking about the physiology part, it's not a one molecule solution. 
for a one molecule problem where, where people were complex. As you're saying, Anthony, there's so much wrapped around in, in who we are and who we become and what we have to unlearn as people. Sure. And I would think that having that faith support available at Banyan is what makes it easier for somebody to make these realizations of there's physiologically something that's happening, right? That's what we do at Wired. But then also now I'm having to pull back the layers of maybe trauma that occurred in right. my life. And that faith gives you something to hold on to in those really scary times of self-actualization, maybe for the first time in a long time, if you've been numbing that pain to say, wow, that right. did happen to me. That relationship with God or your whatever you call your higher power is that rock that lets you keep going. Sure. That that meaning, that understanding piece, how I'm sure you deal with that constantly, Anthony. Yeah, it's being understood and being heard. Right. I mean, oftentimes they just want to be heard. So somebody's walking down the hall and somebody says something to another client and they lose it on them and they get upset. It's probably not somebody, some joke that they just told them. It's triggering something much deeper. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we try to do here is they'll come back into the group, you know, the next group, and we'll talk about it and play the whole tape through and, and process it in a way where, okay, yeah, it wasn't that minor thing that happened, but it brought me back to my father treating me like that, or it brought me back to when I was abused by someone. So there's so, it's so much deeper and complex, like you were saying, than just the surface pain. You have to get to the underneath the surface issues. I always say it's like a it's like a um iceberg. Like you'll see about 10% of an iceberg. So 90% is underneath the surface. Mm -hmm. The addiction is the tip of the iceberg, mm -hmm. right? It's not the main event. The main issues are underneath the surface. Right. And when I was in treatment many times, I never went to that underneath the surface pain because it was too painful. So mm -hmm. I would avoid it. I didn't even really want to hear anybody else talk about betrayal or unforgiveness because it would bring me right back to me. And I was, I didn't want to deal with the pain. Right. So when I was out, I was numbing it with gambling and alcohol and Xanax. And then when I was in treatment, I was avoiding it at all costs. So mm -hmm. that's why it took so long to finally get it because I really wasn't going there. And it's a painful process to go there. So, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Did you have your background because I know you're very well educated in religious studies. Was that prior to your recovery or before? I know I got my master's in um, ministry and uh, biblical counseling on uh, diploma in um, 2018. Mm -hmm. So I never, you know, that's where I ended up really focusing on schooling and things like that. So I think it's a good idea because when you're 18, 19 years old, like I was when I was in school in Connecticut, I had a lot of other priorities. It wasn't anything to do with learning or school <laughs> right. or anything. So a lot of times people go through the, the schooling, you don't even remember like 90% of it. Like this, I was so into, um, I, I wanted to do it. I wanted to learn. And and so, yeah, but it was later on. It was it was 2018 when I, I finished uh, my master's. You're the guy who kills the curve. Of Anthony in class because you want to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was always the class clown in school. Like I, I, you know, that was like my claim to fame. So I didn't, you know, I, the teachers hated me. I was always in trouble and stuff like that. So, but you know, when you get older and you're more serious and you're, especially if you really are interested in something, right? Right. It's it's much easier. I mean, it wasn't really difficult at all. Uh, it was it was a, a really joy to be able to learn so much. 
no doubt. Yeah. And so, Anthony, I remember when we met a few years back, you had a four-legged minister that worked <laughs> with you. Can you yeah. tell me about that relationship and how he really helped so many people who were maybe giving some pushback to getting started with the faith-based services? Yeah, yeah. He, he's um, he's still with me, but he, he's not. He, I lost him a couple months ago. His picture, he's on a pillow where he used to sit. Um, he was a rescue. He was abandoned. He was abused. And he kept showing up at my brother-in-law's work. Um, so I ended up getting him in uh, May of 2016. And he just connected with our clients in such an amazing way because he's a pit bull and they're stigmatized and they're judged. And so are people in addiction and with mental health disorders. Mm -hmm. So he was a huge part of our team. And he used to go to the other bands and um, he he's on our brochures and he's on our website. And so it was devastating, but the impact that he had on people, our staff, our, I couldn't even go anywhere because wherever I would go, people would just lose it. He was just like this spiritual dog. He was just absolutely amazing. And he, and from his background, he had every right to hate people, but he right. chose to forgive. And I always use that as an example for forgiveness because I was driving him from the vet next the day after I got him. And I'm scared of him. I, I didn't know. He looks scary. He's a pit bull. And he moved closer to me in the car on the ride home. And he was just staring right at me. And he must have been thinking, is this guy going to hurt me too? Should mm -hmm. I let my guard down? Could I trust him? And I'm, I'm almost sure of it that he did because he moved closer to me. And he, he didn't leave my side since. Wow. So there was a, a, there's an, he's an amazing story of forgiveness. Because if he was growling and biting people and aggressive, because he was holding resentments and against people, I would have never been able to bring him in here. Seven years he was here. And uh, it was an absolute incredible thing to see the impact that he had uh, on so, so many people. So, yeah, that, I'm going to get another great, one, too. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, it's a great story for probably all the clients that you worked with there, their lives, how they got there. And then their unique transformation, just like you saw in your in your best buddy there. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, they get it. They had just an incredible bonds, and um, yeah. you know, he he was just he was the sweetest dog ever. And and that's the crazy thing because they have this horrible reputation, mm -hmm. very similar to those with mental health disorders right. or addiction. Yeah, yeah. You already have a prejudged opinion about them, and you haven't met them. Yeah. Yeah. And then I use that as an illustration all the time. I still do because that's what happens. We look at the outward appearance and right. when somebody comes in here, how they talk, what's their DOC, where they're from. And all of a sudden you form an opinion and you might not like the person. And then you're with them for three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. You feel like you've known them for 10 years. And then we do coin outs at the end when people leave and somebody shares something and and almost always they'll say, I thought you were this when you came in. I couldn't stand you. I thought you were a jerk. And now you're like my best friend. Right. So we want to look at the inside. That's what God does. He looks at the heart, not in the outward appearance. Right. Yeah. So amazing how animals can really break down those barriers. It makes me yeah. think in Palm Beach County, Green Acres Fire Department, they have a service animal track where they can bring in somebody. It's a therapy dog. And you see these firefighters who just have a total wall mm -hmm. when they mm -hmm. talk to another person, but then they meet this animal and they can just go on and on. And it's just so incredible to see what animals are able to do, especially in the behavioral health space. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no, you know, there's no agenda. They just right. want to be loved. There's exactly. loyalty. They want treats and love and to play. 
you know, so you, you could lay your guard down with them. Whereas you're coming out of a world of lies and mistrust and especially in, in addiction. So that's why our veterans love them too. I mean, exactly. they, they, they really respond well to our veterans programs right on the hall in Pompano. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for your time. You've been a great guest. And I love that we've had the chance to talk about this biopsychosocial disease of addiction a lot more well-rounded. You know, Wired Biohealth, we focus on this biological piece of optimization and recovery, but it's great to hear that there are programs such as yours that recognize the psychological and social pieces of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's off to Banyan for understanding that need and, and making it work, making it happen. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And you guys are doing amazing work. I follow you all the time, as, as you see, because I always write probably annoying like comments and stuff. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, our clinical director just sent me a text. I said, if I'm annoying, just let me know. She goes, not at all. I said, well, my mother disagrees with that. She didn't tell me I'm annoying. So to remember. But but um, keep up the great work. You guys are doing awesome. And uh, whatever we could do to help or if there's anything partnering and um i know you have an event coming up and stuff like i'll support it 100 thank you so much anthony thank you so much okay. anthony so again if you liked this video be sure to like and subscribe to the wired biohealth channel and if you feel as if you're suffering from something be it mood disorders be it focus issues be it insomnia give us a call the consultation is free the number is 1-888-841-7099 or visit the website wiredbiohealth.com be sure to like and subscribe and we'll see you next time.